Before we start today's Beef Watch podcast, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for being a listener. During the month of November, the Nebraska Extension Beef Team is asking for your feedback on the podcast. What content has been most valuable to you? And what topics would you like to see discussed in the future? If you'd be willing to take a few minutes to fill out a brief survey, we'd really appreciate it. The survey can be found at beef.unl.edu, and it's located there at the top of the homepage. Thanks again for being willing to do that for us. We really appreciate your feedback, and we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to the Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to be discussing an article from the November issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Post-Weaning Cow Herb Management. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by the co-authors, T.L. Meyer, who's a Nebraska Extension Educator, as well as Dr. Travis Molinix, who's a University of Nebraska beef cattle nutritionist focused on range production systems. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. As we record this podcast, we're in November, and for most spring calving herds, they've weaned their calves or soon will be. As we think about post-weaning management on cows, what are some things we need to think through this time of year as we look towards this time period between now and last part of the trimester getting ready for calving? What are some things to pay attention to to make sure we have cows in good shape for next year? Yeah, Aaron, I think one of the biggest things is to start looking at your body condition score of your cows. And so this is a really key area of between now and, and especially before we start getting into some winter weather, some cold, wet weather, that it's a really key area that we're able to put on some condition on cows before it start calving. And so that's really important We think about where our cows are today. What's the direction are they going to be headed in the next, you know, 60, 90 days before calving? And what is my nutritional management plan around that to get them where they need to be at by the time calving occurs? And so this this last 90 days is, is really important from, from that management standpoint of making sure our cows are where they should be. So we think about cow body condition score. What are some optimums in your mind as we think about cows 90 days prior to calving? I would say from a mature cow herd standpoint, you know, at least five, five and a half, depending on our management, depending on our, our winter um, you expect they could lose a little bit body weight. Some will gain some body weight. So five, five and a half is probably a good place to be on average. Um, with our younger cows, we probably want five and a half to six. Uh, just to be in a little better condition that they're more prepared for calving for the first or second time. And a little more of that body reserves that they can pull from if they need to. Uh, and so, you know, I, I would just group those a little differently because of, uh, performance-wise and, and nutritional need-wise, that those younger cows probably need to be in a little better body condition score than our mature cow herd. But one thing to note within that is, you know, if I average, say our cows average today five and a half, I'm going to have some sixes in that herd, and I'll have some cows at five and, and slightly below a five. And so that's pretty normal to have that range and still average five, five and a half. Let's talk a little bit about the impact of cold, wet weather on cow condition, cow requirements. As we think about the winter and what may occur with that, what are some things to be aware of with that? 
Yeah, so, so our biggest problem we run into is when it gets cold and wet, not just cold, because cows can hold, handle cold very well. It's when it gets wet, when their hair coat gets wet, we run into issues. And so their energy needs go up. And so that's really important when we think about um, what we're feeding and how we're feeding. And so I always go back to 2019 and, and then the year we had the bomb cyclone. And and so many producers thought, oh, I'm just feeding more hay and we'll be just fine. And, and so they ran into a lot of issues with really thin cows, some, a lot of downer cow issues because their cows got too thin. And the reason behind it was, yeah, you can feed more hay, but that hay intake is going to be limited by gut fill. It's going to be limited by that quality. And there's not going to be enough nutrients in that hay to meet the growing or the increased energy requirements by the cold stress. And so making sure we have a good contingency plan for cold stress. You know, it's not just, you know, one day events that that cause issues. It's when we have those five to, to week or longer events that really can drain cows and can have a really big influence on the mobilizing body reserves and then calving much thinner than expected. And so one, just making sure we have a contingency plan of what we're feeding and making sure we're meeting their energy requirements and being proactive and not behind the ball of, of our management is always fed at this certain time of the year and we're holding off, but be proactive when those hit that I've got a plan and and, I, and I'm keeping my cows in a good condition. As we think about cows that may be in a little thinner condition than we would like right now, what are some strategies we can do to change that, especially now where cows' nutrient requirements are low and maybe they're not quite into that last trimester of pregnancy yet? Yeah, so I tend to think if if with for, lower forage quality, that if my cows are in good condition and they're grazing low quality forages, that really the, the biggest need is protein and meeting those protein requirements because that's going to be your first limiting nutrient in that scenario. Well, in a cow that's thin, she's got to have two things. Is First, I've got to meet the protein requirement, especially for those microbes, um, to increase intake of that lower quality forage, but also I need to increase energy intake. And so making sure that I'm, I'm feeding a, a really well-balanced ration that, that increases not only protein, but energy intake. And so many times we think, I'm just going to add corn to that. And we can easily go backwards in that scenario that thin cows get thinner because I'm feeding a starch um, that decreases this forage intake and overall decreases energy intake. And so people think that, I, you know, I'm feeding a energy supplement and I'm increasing energy intake. And that's sometimes not the case. I first have to meet the protein requirements of that cow before I can come in with a starch energy supplement. Uh, other uh, supplementation strategies of feeding something that's a fiber-based energy like distillers doesn't have that negative effect. And so, you know, that scenario with thin cows on low quality forage, distillers for, fits in there perfectly because it's, it's you know, high in protein and it's a really a high energy source. It's it's a higher energy source than, than corn. And so it's much easier to put on, put on body weight on cows that conditions far back on cows using a distiller-based supplement rather than a starch-based corn supplement. One of the challenges for us here in Nebraska and for other states around us is the drought we've had this year. There's going to be 
less forage available. And in some cases, the quality of that forage may be also less than it normally would be. What are some things to think through in terms of thinking about the time frame between now and calving and after calving as we think about forage resources? I think the first thing they'd want to do, Aaron, if you don't know the nutrient analysis of your forage, get it tested, know what you have so that right now where maybe they're not as high nutrition requirements, you can feed that lower quality forage, saving that higher quality forage for later on during gestation and calving, get better use out of your forage resources at a more strategic time. Yeah. And to add on what TL said is, is, you know, knowing what you have is very important. Um, and you can be a lot more strategic if you know that. Uh, if you know, I use this as an example a lot with producers is that uh, I've got guys that will call me and say that historically they've known what their hay forage quality or their forage quality runs, and then they'll say it's you know, let's say it's nine percent crude protein, and I ask them to test it, it comes back at five percent crude protein. That's a big difference in how we manage cows around that lower quality forage. And so there's a huge difference in that quality between five and nine. And so if I think it's nine and I'm feeding it to meet the requirements and I'm not, that's when you run into a lot of crashes. That not knowing what you have is extremely important from a strategic of nutrient use and making sure we keep cows in a good condition. And I would add with with the high hay costs, it just makes it all that more important to know what you have. Um, most extension offices have hay probes if producers don't have access to one that they can use to get forage samples. And, and the other component to that is, you know, in Nebraska, hay is limited. There's a lot of lower quality, low quality hay that's expensive. The challenge is how do you use low, low quality hay and that becomes difficult with our prices. Um, and so knowing what you have makes that even more important in balancing that ration to make sure they're getting their correct energy and protein needs. Anything else on this topic you think would be important for producers to think through in light of where we're at right now with the season of the year is also including the fact that we're looking at pretty high feed prices, both hay and uh, protein supplements are are a place where it's going to be challenging for us to do this economically. Yeah, I'd say one is being proactive uh, and and make sure we're managing really proactively going through the winter of staying ahead and not getting behind. And that's sometimes tough when we have high feed costs of of you want to decrease the amount we're feeding or or kind of skimping by because of the cost. And, and that may catch up to us, especially if we have a really wet, cold winter. Um, but, but you know, monitoring body condition score regularly, knowing where we're at, where we're headed is, is important. And the, the other thing is, is understanding your waste. You know, anytime we're feeding anything, we have a certain amount of wasted feed that doesn't get consumed. And so waste can be huge in these scenarios that, how I feed hay or how I feed a supplement could have 40% waste that doesn't get consumed. And, and so, you know, with high feed costs and trying to meet those needs, you know, having 40% waste of feedstuff gets extremely expensive and I'm not getting close to meeting those needs now. And I can have my cows in a bad condition by the time calving starts. And I think one thing to remember, and we may have said this earlier, but 
we're talking about getting them in the right right body condition score going into calving. And why is that? Not only to raise a healthy calf, but we want them to breed back the following calf. And that's going to be so impacted by body condition score. Travis TL, thanks again for your time today. No problem. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you. But for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. At the website, you can find this article as well as additional content on this topic.